0: Welcome, everybody, to the RNR Cat Cast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana state. We hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RR Cat Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. He's one of your hosts, Ryan Thornberg. We are the Ryans of the RR, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. We are a podcast for the fans, by the fans. We're here to talk tonight about the new Bobcat Collective Incorporated, the NIL deal that Montana State, well, Montana State is not affiliated with Brandon Van Cleve you might have heard of his name before on well, associated with the quarterback club or now spearheading this new bobcat collective incorporated we're, get, we're we're going to talk to him we just talked to him we will play that audio for you here shortly but wow big things coming down for Montana state and if you're like me and didn't know what a collective was for NIL about a week ago, Brandon does a fantastic job of just breaking down all the parts to it. He answers all our tough questions. And by the end, you're thinking, hey, there's a legit chance that you could get part of this and help promote this uh, to help the Bobcat players um, in many different ways, honestly. So it was really fun talking with Brandon. And uh, he did a really good job of just explaining the NIL collective terminology and everything that goes with it for for us he did a great job of that and i
1: think whatever notions you have about nil and maybe that's it's still true about other places but here they're doing it in a really unique way and and, in a good way for the community and for the players and for player development and I, i just like the way that like they're going about it so unless you got anything else to say let's go ahead and play that audio here with brandon van cleef All right, Bobcat fans, well, now we welcome in Brandon Van Cleave, who is the executive board member of the Bobcat Quarterback Club. He is the president and co-founder of the new Bobcat Collective NIL with his uh, friend Tom White and a former player for the Montana State Bobcats. Brandon, thanks for hopping on the show.
2: You bet. Thanks for having me.
1: First question we usually ask anybody um, who's associated with MSU – Played for MSU, covering MSU, whatever. Was like, what was your journey like? How did you get to Bozeman? And in your case, like maybe, how did you get recruited to play for the Bobcats?
2: Yeah, so I've kind of I've uh, been a Bobcat my whole life. My dad uh, played for the for the Bobcats in the uh, late '70s. Uh, he was on the national championship team and is in the Hall of Fame. So uh, I kind of bounced around as a kid. I I, I was born in Billings. And then, uh, kind of grew up in the Wyoming area, small town in Thermopolis, Wyoming, and my dad was the head football coach there. So, uh, ironically enough, the mascot in Thermopolis, Wyoming, is the Bobcats. I don't know if that's why my dad took the job. Thermopolis but, uh, Bobcats. Thermopolis Bobcats. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, we kind of followed. You know, I didn't get to go to too many games growing up just because we lived far away. My dad coached in the fall. Um, moved up to Billings with the high school in Billings at Billings West. Uh, and that's when I really started to attach, uh, more strongly to the program, uh, was recruited by Butch Danberger, uh, and he was on Cliff Heisel staff. And so I came in and, uh, 99 was my freshman year. So I played, I uh, actually did play as a true freshman. Um, I played about seven games. Uh, I played a kind of a mix of H back and tailback and, uh, was injured against Eastern Washington, uh, like second or third, to last game of the year, uh, did not finish the rest of the season, uh, ended up red shirting and had neck surgery in 2000, uh, came back and played tight end in 2001 for about half the season and then had to medically retire for just some of the, the, the problems I was having with my neck and then stuck around the program to finish my scholarship out. Um, so I, I did some film work uh, that kind of first year, 2002, when we uh, broke the streak uh, and then I actually coached the tight ends um, to, for my senior year. So I was actually coaching my buddies, um, which was which was great. I actually had an all-American Blake Wolf. Uh, I coached uh, him at tight end in 2003. So that was kind of my my career at MSU. Obviously, I've stayed uh, very closely tied to, to Montana State and I'm um, just trying to find ways that I can help. Uh, give back and and keep you know helping grow the trajectory that the this program is on. It's been a fun ride and and I think we we still can keep moving up.
1: Oh, totally agree with that. And I'm excited to see what you're doing since you graduated. I do have one question from your playing days though. Um, this is right around the time I started becoming a fan. We I started in 2001. Uh, fully, you started in 2002 or 2001 as well.
0: Yeah, 2001.
1: You just graduated before me. I just took a a couple extra years. Um, who was the quarterbacks back, back in the 99, 2000 season?
2: Yeah. So, uh, so 99, it was, uh, a mix between Casey Hart and Dusty Broderick was, uh, that was the 99 year, um, 2000, um, man jogging my memory here. Uh, we had, we had Farhad Azimi come in. Oh, yes. Uh, and he played a little of the season and then, uh, I think we bounced around mm-hmm. a couple different guys, and then, um, you know, then we had Tyler Thomas come in the, the following year, and a mix between him and Lule. And then, <laughs> Lule, uh, if you guys remember the name Travis Lule, he was he was pretty good for the rest, oh, the remainder yeah. of the time well, I was I was there.
1: <laughs> friend of the podcast, we've had him on before. He's a- yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely
2: He's a great guy for yep.
0: sure. King Lule. All right, Brandon. Um, many people know you from. That The role you play in the quarterback club, I'll, let's give you a little time to talk about the quarterback club. Some people might not know about it, so educate us a little bit on, on the QB club.
2: Yeah, so quarterback club, I believe, has been around since 2001, kind of when I was... Uh, when I was at Montana state. Um, and so when I was done playing and kind of got established professionally, I I joined the club first off. And then, um, you know, my business kind of tied into it where we do a lot of technology work and kind of remote office work. And, um, I actually met with Rob Ash at the time, uh, my dad was on the board, but I, I, I randomly met with Rob Ash and he was explaining how they were trying to do this remote telecast, uh, out to these remote chapters and kind of cutting up the game film and showing them the kind of the X's and O's, uh, which is kind of the, the key component of what we do at, at the quarterback club. And, um, he was telling me some of the technical challenges that they were having. And I said, you know what, let me come in and see if I can help fix that. Um, When we fixed and kind of resolved kind of the issues they're having from a, kind of this remote telecast thing that they were doing on Monday nights, I think the membership doubled in, in like 24 months. I think we went from like 200 some members to like 400 members gained three or four chapters across the state of Montana added Boise. Um, So it kind of took off from there. So I've, I've been involved since then. Um, you know, I really kind of helped drive the, uh, the tele- the Monday t- t- conference calls, the video conference calls with the remote chapters. And I, it's, it's been great. I've, I've met a lot of great people all across the state. Uh, I have good friends in Plentywood and Twin Bridges and Boise and all over the place just from the, the work that we've done of, of bringing these diehard supporters a lot closer to the program through. One coach vegan, but through the technology that we help provide to to get the thing going. So it's been fun to watch. It's a great way to really know what's going on. I mean, I'm I'm really a fan. At the end of the day, I'm not really next to those guys sitting in the stands anymore. I just kind of follow the ball. Um, but uh, it's fun on Monday nights because you really dive in and get to see. Uh, and here, what really went on either? What was our six? Why did we have the success here? or Why did we fail here? Uh, you really don't get that until you get to talk with the vegan and have him break it down. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to be a part of that program.
1: What are kind of the maybe the membership options and maybe the cost for someone who's might be looking to join the quarterback club?
2: Yeah. So and then we've added I, I've been a big proponent of, of finding different ways to get people to different levels. So we just added the junior um, membership uh, just this last year where I, I believe that is uh, around fifty dollars a month or six hundred dollars a year. You can come, become a member for I think it's uh, under thirty nine years and younger. Uh, so that's a six hundred dollars annually. And then the basic membership is a thousand dollars a year, or roughly eighty dollars a month. Uh, And then we have some different tiers from there. I think uh, we have a $2,500 and a $5,000 membership uh, that has different benefits associated to it. And I think currently we're right around 600 members uh, and almost a million dollar annual budget that uh, we're able to put to, to different things that, you know, basically allow Coach Vegan and his staff really to separate us from not only the conference, but the country. Um, so, you know, obviously athletics and, and the university funds the typical things a football program would have. Uh, we're able to come in and, and just give them that much more with you know, helping out with nutrition and food and technology for the players, uh, analyzing film and uh, some travel costs, just some things to make, uh, you know, being a Montana State football player that much more enjoyable, which I think relates to winning more games, which is what we're all trying to do here.
0: Right on. Ryan and I have not joined the quarterback club. We have talked about it for a long time and it's something we're really interested in, but uh, uh, a conversation for another time, maybe between Ryan and I.
2: <laughs>
0: I did not mean to hit that button. That I'm sorry. <laughs> okay.
2: okay. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll add right. one more thing to that. Uh, you know, another reason it's a great time to be a, a quarterback club member <laughs> is uh you know, the technology was really based around these chapter sites uh, where you had to be in Plentywood or Great Falls. Uh, We've now able to uh, have access to anyone across the world essentially can watch these Monday night meetings. Uh, You don't have to be in one of these chapter locations to get access to that. So that's kind of been a big uh, thing that we've added for, you know, basically the out of chapter people that whether you're in California or Mexico, it doesn't really matter. You can you can dial in and be a part of these Monday meetings.
1: That's pretty awesome. Uh, Makes it more enticing for someone like, like people like us who live, you know, thousands of miles away from Bozeman, So.
0: All right. Well, the news came out this summer. We heard about this thing called the Bobcat collective incorporated, and it was put out on Bobcat nation and uh, some news leaked out. And then all of a sudden there was a, an article with Sam Herder from hero sports. You Kind of, you know, you had an interview with him, and uh, it was put out there, and I read it today, the past couple of days, in fact, and um, it's really interesting. And you know, the the name, ing- image, and likeness that was came on a year ago in July is something that is you know happening across college sports, and it's affecting all of us. And so you are you are part of spearheading an effort for this Bobcat collective to help. I guess bring name, image, image, and likeness to uh, the football players right at Montana State. So we were just hoping you could uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: You bet. So, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not far off from all the other people out there trying to figure this whole thing out. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been crazy to, to just get involved with this. If you told me a year ago, I'd be running a NIL collective with all the other things that I, I find myself getting busy with. Uh, I tell you, you're crazy. But, uh, yeah, really <laughs> kind of how this thing started was, uh, you know, really coming off that, uh, that, experience down in Frisco, Texas when uh, not only it was an incredible right to get there, but just the camaraderie and the energy and enthusiasm we saw from the former player community that, that I'm very closely tied to, but just overall Bobcat Nation in general, it was it was amazing. And so I kind of left there, even though the, the game maybe left a little bad taste in my mouth, uh, the outcome, but it really just got me charged up to figure out, okay, we're here, we've arrived, and we know we belong at this At this level, how do we take the next step? And and obviously, you know, getting past North Dakota State being the biggest challenge in front of us, um, we got to get creative. And and I I looked at this NIL Collective. I wanted to understand it better. Uh, I did a lot of research. I just kind of went on and I, I searched out some some sports lawyers and I was listening to some podcasts and just trying to understand some of the leaders in the field that were are were, were talking about and doing collectives and, and uh, just seem to be the, the thought leaders in the industry. And I just reached out to them. I just played, didn't play dumb. I was dumb and just said, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in this. We're looking to do something similar at my university. And that's kind of how the whole thing started to progress. Um, and from there, we just started meeting with some of these, these collective management companies that are, are basically providing management services out to people like me. So it's attainable to go out and put a collective together. Uh, we couldn't do it without some outside partnerships. Um, so anyway, we, we kind of went down that route. I started talking it through with some closely held people, Tom White included, and him and I kind of took the reins on this thing. And, um. Just started doing the due diligence meeting different management companies, signing contracts, uh, you know, putting out, uh, getting, getting uh, a corporation, um, applying for our 501c3, all kinds of stuff that, uh, goes into this operation. And, um, in that meantime, we met with the university to let them know what we're up to. You know, obviously we are we are completely separate of the university and the, and the staff and the team, um, but we wanted them to know what we were up to. Um, you know, one one reason I wanted to get involved with this was um, I, I just felt that we would do it the right way. Not that we're going to be perfect, um, but I think because of our alignment with the university in general, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone can rest assured that we have the best interest of the program and the players in mind. And I think we'll, we'll show that. Mm. Uh, that's the case as, as we continue to progress down this path. Uh, so we met with uh, the university, we met the coaching staff, we met with compliance. Uh, I actually met with a few of the other uh, sports uh, and that, that's something we can talk about that this is I'm hoping to add other sports to our collective. Um, and so, you know, that's that'll be down the road. And then uh, I actually met with the team. So uh, we had a, our group met with uh, Coach Vegan said there might be a few players there. And I opened up the the quarterback club room and there was uh, it was like every seat was full. So I don't know who was missing if there was, but it was a full house. They were a very responsive very good questions. We had guys staying after 15, 20 minutes, wondering what they can do to help promote it and drive the thing home. So that was that was super exciting to see how engaged that they were. And um, from that point on, we had we had some housekeeping stuff to do and get a contract signed with Blueprint Sports, is who our management partner is. And um, from there, these last two weeks, we've been kind of doing some fundraising, what we're calling seed money. So we're not really advertising out to the general public yet but we had some closely held people that we wanted to reach out to see if they're interested and we put a goal out a 2 week goal out there to hit and uh, i think we doubled it as as the numbers came in yesterday and so uh we're getting ready to kind of put a package together for our players and have them sign their first NIL contract with Bobcat Collective. And, you know, I think part of the piece that I maybe missed and what our mission is and how we want to look at this differently is we want to do something for everyone. You know, I think where people get maybe a bad taste in their mouth or a myth of what NIL is and, you know, seeing guys getting $100,000 contracts or new cars or all these outrageous things. Um, what we're trying to do is just kind of raise the tide for the entire program um from superstar to walk on. Um, and I think that's how we're going to be a little different. And uh not only do we think that helps from a locker room perspective and a, a camaraderie res- perspective. But, you know, I live here in Bozeman and I know the cost of living is, is maybe the, the one, if there's any negative to being a college football athlete uh, in Bozeman, it's just the cost of living. And so I think we can combat that with this this collective and that's going to be our, our number one focus. We're certainly going to do other things. We can do direct contracts with players and We can get creative and do a bunch of different things, but our core mission is just to to eliminate this problem of of cost of living and and really the cost of rent that these guys are facing. And so that's our first challenge that we're going to try to tackle, uh, hopefully here in the next week or two.
1: Well, that all sounds really good, Uh, Ryan. Do we just kind of want to ask a couple questions that you and I have come up with over the course of researching this? Uh, You know, I think you just did a really good job of kind of explaining some of the you know over arching kind of stuff about it, but do you, do, you, do you want to get into the specifics here Ryan?
0: Yeah that sounds good to me okay um
1: I, I got one real quick question here uh, and you mentioned it I believe the uh, when you were describing it uh, what exactly does it mean to be a non nonprofit collective?
2: Yeah. So, uh, that's a good question. I think there's, and it's, it's interesting as I read kind of these, these message boards out here, not only ours, but others that are talking about this, which I actually really enjoy reading because the the questions and the misconceptions people have seem to be global. Um, so yeah, we are, we are applying for our our 501c3 status. Um, we are 100%, uh, the, the funds that we collect are going directly to the, uh, be players. So there's nothing, there's no funds that we take. Uh we're not taking any cut of this. We have no no intention and really can't do that the way we are established. So so yeah, we are uh a a nonprofit um and, and are trying we are applying to get our 501c3 status basically so this can be a charitable contribution directly to our program. Now our partner uh blueprint sports is established as a 501c3 so we can do charitable contributions immediately. Um, but we're trying to get that inside of our own Bobcat collective Inc. as well, which will give us some more flexibility down the road.
1: I guess that to piggyback off of that, are players under any of these contracts, um, is there anything that they're required to do to be part of a nonprofit mm-hmm. like community work or anything type like that?
2: Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, so yes. And that's one of the major rules with an NIL contract if you are giving them a contract, they need to perform some type of work for that contract. Um, And so the the beauty of being established as a 501c3 and our partner being able to do charitable contributions, that is really the only thing they can do when when we go that route. Now, let me explain that a little bit. There's really two buckets that people can go after here inside of our collective. One is charitable contribution, which means I'm going to give money to this collective. and in return, that player is going to provide charitable work to the community. That's how, so the contract that we are going to sign, especially this initial one, the, the what their duties will be based upon charitable um, contribute er, um, giving back to charity. So nonprofits around the community, they'll have, whether it's a speaking engagement or, you know, doing an interview about Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or any of these other um, charitable contribution uh, charitable organizations around Bozeman or Montana, that will be what they do to receive their contract, period. Um, so that's one bucket. The other bucket will be uh, what people traditionally think of with an NIL contract where I have a business and I want a particular player to, or players to promote my business um, that is a different route. Obviously that has tax deductible opportunities as well, more of as a as a, te- a business expense, but that would be a different route where I'm a business and I want a particular contract for particular duties from the players. Um, that is that second bucket. So really as people come in and say, I'm interested, they're going to either say, my money wants to go to the charitable side where that's going to route the contract towards the player doing charitable work around the community. The other one is I want that player to promote with their NIL, name, image, likeness, promote my business.
1: Okay. And and you are going to be offering both buckets then?
2: We are. Okay. So the initial seed money that we did was strictly for the charitable side. But as we launch our website uh, here any hour or any day, Uh, people will have the opportunity to go either route, and and either route is totally fine. There's no wrong answer to that. It's really just what you are trying to get out of the the collective for yourself.
0: So, who is providing the players' education on how to um, what the contract means? Like maybe when it comes time to do their taxes, how to navigate that? Is that Blueprint in Sports?
2: It will be. Yeah, so, they, so Blueprint Sports, um, they do this for, uh, I think, about a dozen other programs across the country, um, which it, it has been huge for us to be able to get this thing launched in the, the, the time that we did. But yes, they will work. Basically, what, what you can think of is they're acting as almost like a non-exclusive agent. So basically, they are the advocate for the student-athlete to make sure – You know, they'll help them with the taxes. They'll help them to make sure they know what they're doing with appearances. Um, They'll make sure we're doing everything correctly from a compliance standpoint with the university. They are there to be an advocate and a resource for the student athlete, Um, as well as the business. Let's say, you know, again, back to this idea of a business wanting to do an NIL contract with with a player. Organizations can do that separately. They don't need to work with our collective. Mm -hmm. uh, But what we're hoping is people that are maybe unsure how to navigate this, you know, do not want to make a mistake from a compliance standpoint or do anything to jeopardize the player in the university uh, when we get into that contract. That's where Blueprint can jump in and and make sure we're doing everything the right way.
0: And does Blueprint have to work hand in hand with Montana State with that? Does Montana State have like any language or uh, rules in this?
2: They do. Yeah. So the university has uh, some documents that we've adhered to and where we're making sure we're, you know, we're adhering to the state also has some NIL guidelines and and, and, and regulation uh, that goes in line with this, which is, t- is standard across kind of what other states are doing. It's not uh, all that unique, uh, but yeah, they're, they're making sure we're doing that. We met with compliance blueprint came in, uh, with us, we met with compliance at Montana State um, and had great conversations to make sure we're doing this, uh, again, the right way. And that, I think that's the beauty of the uh, of, of what we have going here is those, those relationships and, and being able to communicate in an effective way with administration here has been tremendous. Um, so that, that has made it a lot easier to get started. Um, just making sure we're all, you know, they know what we're up to and they know we're going to do it the right way. And we're going to, you know, be in lockstep with them on, on making sure it's compliant and, and doing all the right stuff.
1: Yeah. You you make it sound like definitely, you know, that traditional, maybe bad taste in your mouth you might have about the whole NIL thing. Like I really like the nonprofit angle of it, community work, community type stuff like that. That's pretty interesting to me. Uh, The next question I have is then, okay, so I'm a, like a, a walk on am i available or am i able to get into the collective as just like a walk on player
2: you are yeah you you are and i th- you know i think one question people have is you know just because you know i'm saying we're going to give some to everyone it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be exactly the same for <laughs> everyone and there's different reasons for that you know if you think of you know the cost of living example something that we want to combat um, well, cost of living is a different animal for someone living in the dorms versus living out uh, in an apartment, and so we're going to take all those things into consideration to make sure we're we're helping everyone, but we want to make sure it's 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 done equitable but fairly. Uh, and I think those are somewhat go together, but they are a little different in in making sure what we're giving is fair. Um, and we'll we'll talk through that, and you know our team will you know, it'll be kind of at our discretion, especially on this charitable side. You know, if it's not a business saying, I want my money to go exactly here, we're going to have a pool of money and we're going to decide how we divvy that up the most fair way to all the players. So yeah, short answer is yes. Uh, and I think that's one thing I love to get behind because I think of, you know, when I think walk on, I think of the, the kid from small town Montana that all of a sudden becomes an all American and, um, those kids we we need those kids um that's amazing some of the walk-ons that we've had here and and if i can make it a little bit easier for them to be a walk-on because being a walk-on is an incredibly difficult task uh i want to help those guys out
0: one last question for you on my part is when i was thinking about this today I, i thought about Leon Costello and his work—he does raising funds for the Bobcat Athletic Fund—and and, and then I was thinking about just like the QBC. How does this work co- in in tandem with all those, and not have them, for lack of a better word, cannibalize each other?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and it's a challenge that we are continually looking at. Um, we we have to make sure we are not. T- building money here and taking it from another organization. So exactly like you said, there's the Bobcat Club, there's Quarterback Club, there's all these other sports-specific giving programs. Um, we do not want you to take money from there for this. Uh, now, that might happen. Someone might believe in this NIL cause more than a Quarterback cl- Club cause or a Bobcat Club cause. That's I hope that's going to be the minority though. What we're hoping to do is have this be an additional thing for someone that's already a quarterback club member and, and Bobcat club member, keep doing those things. If you believe in this, get involved wherever you can. Don't, don't take money here to go there. That's my, you know, people do whatever they want. And then we just, we appreciate people being associated with, with Montana state. Um, But we want to be very careful of how we do that. I think one strategy that we have is I want to go after People that are interested and are passionate about Montana State, but maybe haven't been engaged yet, and I think NIL could be a great entry level for them to get more involved. You know, and and specifically talking about our former player community, Uh, I think we we haven't done a very good job of of staying in touch with all of our former players. We have such a phenomenal history here um, and tradition, and I just don't think we've we've I wouldn't say capitalized, but I don't think we've we've done a good job of bringing those people back in. And and I can tell you a a quick story. Uh, Coach Vegan uh, kind of assigned me to build out a uh, former player get together down in Frisco. Um, I I did a Facebook group because that's the best way I could get to everybody, which doesn't even get close to everybody. Um, I had 40 people RSVP that they were going to show up for practice that day. And I turned the corner and there was about 300 former players there. Uh, And it was mind blowing. Like people were tearing up, hugging each other. I saw guys that I played with that I I didn't think I'd ever see again. And so there was a lot of momentum there. And I think that's an untapped resource of getting and, and what better cause for them to, you know, if they haven't been involved at Montana State since they left why not start with, with helping your other brothers that are playing for the program right now? And so I think that's how we're going to leverage this is let's bring some new people and new energy into the program that are already invested. And then they can start spreading into these other programs, the Bobcat club, the quarterback club facilities, wherever they want to go from there. I think it's a great entry level specifically for our former player community to get more engaged.
1: Ryan and I both, uh, went down to Frisco and I can, I can tell you like we were walking around and we went to some of the events and seeing all those ex players there, like guys that we recognize as fans and kind of being a fanboy, and like, Hey man, that's Travis Lee over there. Or, you know, this is, we saw just a whole bunch of like Bobcat legends or even play, you know, not necessarily legends, guys that were stars or you just recognize it was a lot of, a lot of fun. And I'm glad some momentum and some, some of this kind of stuff came out of that uh, event down there in Frisco, the national championship game, some of this the Bobcat collective, maybe the you know, the push to get some of the X players back involved in the program in some way. Oh, speaking of like kind of getting involved, I guess, what are, what are the options? Okay. So I, I, I want to be donating to the, or I, is that the word? Become a member. I'm not sure what the word is you want to use here D- to the Bobcat collective. How do I get involved in that?
2: Yeah. And so, um, I'm, I'm hoping we're diligently working to launch this website. Uh, and I, and I believe it, it might even be out, uh, tomorrow uh thursday uh that's going to be the easiest route that's going to give you all the information um you know in the meantime obviously people can reach directly out to me i've, I've talked to a lot of people and answered a lot of questions um over the past couple of weeks as this thing as this thing got out there um, but yeah i think the website's going to be the, the, the easiest place to do it i think we're going to have some events around you know built around some home games and certainly some social media outlets that'll, that'll drive people to our website. But the website really will be the place, it should be the one-stop shop. You can engage with the content that we're putting out there. You can donate right from there. Um, and then, you know, if you're trying to do something strategic, like again, if you're a business that wants to do something, you know, unique and strategic with particular players, uh, that's certainly something we can talk and strategize with with you and the, and the players and, and make something happen.
1: Are there membership levels? Is, is it a subscription-type model? or
2: Yeah, it, we're going to give both options. So uh, people can do one-time, uh, one-time donations, essentially. Um, they also can set up from a monthly, quarterly, annual perspective as well, uh, which I'm really going to encourage um, a lot of our people to, to kind of go that subscription route because one nice thing is it'll help us be able to forecast how much uh, we can budget for these contracts, not only now, but in the winter months in the spring because i think and that's maybe a a nice little bit of information that you guys should know is you know these contracts are typically short-term contracts there's multiple reasons you do it that way but uh you know basically our our first contract we're looking at will be probably roughly september to december somewhere in there uh and they'll have you know two to five different things that they're going to have to do to 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 fulfill their their duty for that that contract Um, but yeah that's that's what we're looking to do Um, And we'll have a lot more information on how to get involved. People can get involved today, like tomorrow, if they want, like we have seed money, people, uh, providing to our, our charitable side, which is helping us fund this, this first wave of contracts we're going to do. Um, people that are interested in being a part of that love to have them. Uh, they can reach out, uh, directly to me and I can give you that information. However, however is best for you guys.
1: that all sounds really good, but, uh, let's say I want to get involved in the quarterback club. How would someone do that?
2: Yeah, so uh, I think website again, best place to do that. So uh, bobcatquarterbackclub.com. Let me pull that up. Make sure I get the your URL URL right. So yeah, bobcatquarterbackclub.com. Uh, and there's a join us page right there. Uh, a couple clicks and you're and you're rolling. Um, and then literally, uh, we have our first Monday. We meet every Monday. Uh, We have a golf tournament. We have uh, their swag. There's all kinds of benefits to it. Um, And you haven't really missed anything as far as the season goes. So uh, I highly encourage people to get involved. To me, the, the quarterback club is the best way to really dive into the ins and outs of the football program, uh, specifically from the coach's perspective, you get insights, uh, in that group that you just don't get anywhere else. Everything else is just kind of guessing and and speculating a little bit. And I think it's just a great way to really know what's going on.
1: Is there anything else you want Bobcat fans to know before we get out of here?
2: I don't think so. I, I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on and 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 share what we're up to, and and hopefully whether it's the Bobcat Collective or Quarterback Club or Bobcat Club, whatever, uh, people that are looking to get engaged, I think just you know get involved, and um, it's just a great time to be a Bobcat, and I think we're we're heading in, into some some a great great place with the program. We're already in a great place, but I think we're ready to to do some pretty magical things.
1: Absolutely, I can't wait. Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and uh, you know what, what we do. And when we have a a fellow Bobcat on the podcast, we always ask that they end uh, the show with a Go Cat. So, can I get a Go Cat? Go Cats. Go
0: Cats. Go Cats.